11 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. We'll get to the trash of the day in about 15 minutes or so. We all know that one of the jokes has been uh, with the Chargers organization and how they just, more than any other group, they always have guys getting hurt. I'm like, what are, what are they yeah, doing Yeah, shockingly high percentage. Well, the Chargers, according to Adam Schefter, have parted ways with their head trainer who had been on the job for six years, been with the organization for 24 years. So the Chargers will now have a new head trainer, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator in 2023. Look, status quo hasn't been working for the Chargers, so I guess it makes sense they're going to they're change. It'll be interesting to see if they are a healthier football team next year than what they have been. Staley clearly in the hot seat when they start making oh, you get new yeah. offensive coordinator, oh, new defensive yeah. coordinator, start making you change a bunch of stuff, even new head train, doesn't matter. Once they start making you do all those things, gold, that's when you know you better start winning. Well, in fairness, they did get to, you know, actually got to the postseason last year. They just blew it against the Jags. So they had moved up. Was he the was he the athletic trainer in charge of that uh I don't think Tyra Taylor shot? He's the doctor that had the needle go to the I don't team. think he was the team doctor. The trainer's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trainer and doctor's not the same person, but Anyway, just a little. I'd look into that guy too if he's done. <laughs> you said you'd look into that guy. I'd look too. into that guy too if he's done. Uh, we'll get to the darkness retreat that has ended uh, for Aaron Rodgers coming up in about six minutes or so, as he was in Oregon for a while, and now uh, he's he's emerged. He's emerged from his slumber. Um, but James Palmer had laid out a scenario for the Chiefs offseason, and I think it was an interesting way to look at it, Cody, because we we're kind of focused in on Orlando Brown Jr. by himself and and Wiley. But yeah. what's happening on the interior of the offensive line actually is going to play a huge role in what the Chiefs can or can't do. You know, James Palmer explained, all right, we know Orlando Brown Jr.'s situation. You can tag him. You can work out a long-term deal. You can trade him. Wiley's a free agent. But looking into the future, A, our guy Creed Humphrey, he's a year away from needing a new contract. Trey Smith, similar boat. You going to take care of both of them? Right? You got to be careful with how you move Tooney's money around Joe because Tooney's- then you are responsible for him even further down the road. Joe Tooney, one of the best guards in football, 31 years old. This year, his cap hit goes from 8 to 22. There's a lot of thought that they will rework that to lower the cap hit. Okay, but you don't want to carry that till he's 34, 35. You know, like, is there a drop-off in play? Right now, they can get out of the contract next year, but the guess is they'll probably rework it. So which means extending out the cap hit for a couple of years, which means he's probably not really going anywhere. So those are, I just gave you, those are three offensive linemen that are not your tackles, Cody, that and two of them, you might have to give extensions to. And one, you might be reworking the deal this off season. So this is why it's very complicated in terms of, it's not just as simple as, Oh, should you pay Wiley? Should you pay anybody else? Yeah. I, to me, this is where, like, I understand that we know tackle's more important, Gold, but if you're going to be great up the middle, there is a little more flexibility than we want to admit there. Like, I, I'm officially, like, I think that when I when I hear that James Palmer report, he's clearly talking to somebody inside the organization, I hear really two things. I hear them either trying to pre-warn fans to expect that there could be a life without Orlando Brown Jr., especially here long-term in Kansas City, and I hear them, Trying to drive a price down, right? Get a price down, Gold. Because, and not down any further than it is, they, I'm pretty sure, the Chiefs are going to offer a very borderline, probably to Orlando Brown Jr., shockingly similar deal to that that he was offered last season. I, that, when I listen to that James Palmer clip, I, that's all I hear. Them doing, because you know this happens all the time, right? Where they do the pre media warning of either the guy they're going to sign or the guy they're going to let go and be like, hey, just, uh, you know, 
prepare yourself for what it's going to be like if uh, this guy isn't here anymore. The Tyreek one came up late, but there was like 48 hours of it, right? Where it's like, you know, you should probably just plan on him not being a wide receiver here anymore. And you'll hear it as these guys get towards the end. But I mean, paying the interior is important. One, it's the same thing. It's a value. It's a it's a bang for your buck situation. Tooney is the only guy who doesn't fall in that category. Right now, you're not going to pay Trey Smith that much. He's a right guard. Creed Humphrey, we know what the top paid centers get in the league gold. It is, you know, a half of that of maybe a top left tackle or 60% of that of a top left tackle. And if you can guarantee yourselves, and, th- and there's a difference, as we said before, Orlando Red Jr. is what? 10th best? 8th best? 7th best? Yeah, I think he's in the 8 to 10 Left range. tackle in the NFL. Creed Humphrey is the first or second yep. best center. And centers don't cost nearly the kind of money No, as we that's know. it. It's yeah. like, well, do I take the first best center at 60% of the cost or 100% of the cost for the 8th best left tackle? And that there's a positional value argument to be had there, but I'm telling you right now, I'd choose center. Like, because you can settle your entire interior offensive line for the same price almost as it cost you to pay Orlando Brown Jr. for this, you know, for for the foreseeable future. He wants $25 million a year. Because Joe Tooney will be 15 this year. Creed Humphrey will be, you know, let's call him like 10 in year one. Trey Smith would be like six and seven in year one. It'd be like, for, for, for a couple of years, it would be comparable price. Wouldn't you rather protect the interior of the offensive line and start looking for solutions? I mean, we, you know, I know we talk about positional value and it seems as though edge rusher and wide receiver have leapfrogged left tackle. I still think left tackle is. In I think the NFL's know, told you that based on the amount of money they spend on those positions. Yeah. Right. But it's still left tackle is still what third, you know, uh, uh, taking quarterback, obviously quarterbacks. One. I think it's quarterback, quarterback defensive end and wide receiver, wide receivers officially, I think jumped. Right. But that means it's handle. still the top four. It's still, you know, third yeah, or fourth yeah, yeah. most important position. And so that's, you know, that, that's my concern. To me, when you do have Patrick Mahomes, you, your first priority, yeah, the interior of the offensive line matters too, no doubt. Absolutely. But, man, your, your left and your right tackle. I think they've done an amazing job, actually, here the last two years. Uh, and Andrew Wiley gets a lot of credit. So does Andy Heck, the Chiefs O-line coach. But they haven't had a, what we thought was a long-term permanent piece at right tackle, and they've made this thing work. Well, Leonard Brown Jr. has been frustrating at times, but when push came to shove, in the biggest moments, he stepped up. Like I, I, I don't want to downplay the importance of, of having a franchise left tackle. You can piecemeal the right tackle year to year ish. They've actually done quite a bit of that. Yeah. But left tackle, I still, I mean, if, it, if we're still agreeing that is the, you know, the fourth most important position. I, I got oh, it's up there. You know, yeah, I'm not saying it's not an important position. I just don't think it's as important as wide receiver. I don't think it's as important. Look, it's more important they, than they, interior they, offensive they, line. They, but there's a cost thing that comes into that conversation. It'll be interesting, like, long-term, if they're willing to to pay Creed Humphrey. We all, you know, where we all stand on this on this show. But they have, in, in prior regimes, and that's important, it's a prior regime. This is a different one. They, they've let guys like Rodney Hudson and other guys walk, Mitch Morse, walk, who are very good centers. Now, I don't think he's good at, and Rodney Hudson was really damn good. Yeah, but he was. Creed Humphrey, as you said, he's, he's the top two, three center in football. But it's hard because those previous two things were all not under Brett Feach. And not under when you had Mahomes in that rapport and that relationship. Yes. If Mahomes wants him to be his center for the rest of his he career. He wants him to be his then, Jeff Saturday. Then, then damn it, he's going to be, then he should be his center for the rest of his career. By that same logic, we can look forward to Creed Humphrey being an eventual NFL head coach. What do you think? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the Jeff Saturday plan. You know, you know, he's on the Jeff Saturday plan, man. Wait, so Hit Creed your Humphrey, wagon to a Hall of Fame quarterback. No, but that means Get Creed's, a job at ESPN. That means Creed's Become an on, NFL head coach. That means Creed's got to be on NFL Live for a little while, you know? You don't think he can do that? You don't believe in our guy, Creed? I don't think he's an NFL Live guy. He's a little more soft-spoken. I don't think he's an NFL Live guy. I think he's like, take his millions of dollars after (laughs) he retires, goes to a lake, and never hears from a gang guy. 
I could be wrong. It's no, early in his career. Times could change. I don't think he's doing the darkness tr- retreat, though, like mm. Aaron Rodgers did. You see, Aaron Rodgers' darkness oh, yeah. retreat has ended. He was at a place, we looked it up this morning, in southern Oregon called Sky Cave. And he was there for a handful of days. They're having to build more ones, by to, the way. It's to, too popular now. I'm sure that's how that worked. I mean, They had three or four rooms before, and now they're, they're going to try to build another six or seven more, they said. I'm sure business is booming. Based off of that. This is booming at the darkness <laughs> the retreat. Sky caves. And these are all over the country, too, I guess. But he went there, and what? He's just now going to emerge from the cave and suddenly be like, you know what? Green Bay is actually where I want to be. Or now I want to be traded to the Jets. How? Da- I mean, he's obviously a weird guy. We know this. I can't wait for his next appearance on the Pat McAfee show to talk about the darkness retreat a little bit more. But he's emerged. He's out. And so now, what? We get a decision in the, in the next day? Or next week, I should say. Sorry, not day. Look, I, I would say day. this. I think that. Or is he going to drag this thing out for and get all the attention for months? Because I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I think Jeff Darlington had it right. Jeff Darlington was reporting on this yesterday and talking a little bit about the Rodgers and Carr and Jets thing. And this is why the Jets should not just wait around for Rodgers. Because I actually think you're right, Gold. I think he probably will drag this thing out and it'll be kind of a mess. Jeff Darlington and why they should just move forward with Carr. I've learned two things in the past 24 hours that make me kind of believe that the Jets, it's time for them to simply sign Derek Carr. The first of which is a conversation I had with a very important Green Bay Packers source who quite honestly believes that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers and that all of this is being overhyped. He looks Mm. at the contract that Aaron Rodgers signed last year, the commitment that he gave to the team, and believes that at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers. There's another bit of information and that is the impeccably sourced uh, report from Diana Rossini talking about that the Jets told Derek Carr in his meeting that they believe that with the Jets, he will be a Hall of Famer. Okay? If that's not just total BS, if they're just not trying to inflate him, which maybe that is the case, go sign Derek Carr right now. You're potentially waiting on a guy in Aaron Rodgers who might or might not be available when you have a guy who is just in your building who you believe will be a Hall of Fame quarterback as a New York Jets player. What are you waiting on? And he's seven years younger than Aaron Rodgers. Like, I understand that in the, the pantheon of their career, Gold, who is the better quarterback? But right now, right now, considering age, the kind of contract you're going to give up, the draft pick compensation you would have to give up to get Aaron Rodgers, and you don't even know which darkness retreat might convince him he should go be a member of the Orlando Magic next year. No way. I told you, man, I'd be out of the chasing Aaron Rodgers department right now. I understand that Derek Carr is not the perfect choice if I'm a Jets fan. He's not a perfect choice if I'm the Jets organization, but they got enough talent. They're just going to have to try to convince themselves where the sneak-through team because Aaron Rodgers isn't a long-term plan either. I just think now is the time, if you're the Packers, man, to, to go ahead and reset things. It's tough. You've been an organization that has had stability at quarterback for, Aaron what, Rodgers. 25 years? Yeah, I mean, you've been spoiled with that. Two Hall of Famers back-to-back. Are you, I mean, that, that's ridiculous. Uh, the run they've gone on has been amazing. Now, they don't have the titles with Rodgers that they hoped they were going to have, just the one. And that's why when we've talked about Mahomes and racking up the rings, it's so important that Mahomes already has two of them. It changes the entire narrative for the rest of his career because we're not going to be sitting here saying, well, he's got one. Will he ever get a second? That's not going to happen in Kansas City. Um, But if I'm the Packers, I'm looking at the roster. You already traded away Devontae Adams a year ago. Yeah, I I just think it is time to go ahead and trade him, get draft assets. uh, And if you can move up high enough in the draft, then go and draft a quarterback this year. If not, reset a little bit. 
Build Wait some, a year? some foundational pieces elsewhere. Do yeah, some winning. Go, go with love for. Well, no, I'm saying trade White oh, yeah, Rogers. Yeah. But go with love. Get, you know, go ahead and, and and take your lumps this year. Play it out. Maybe you only win six or seven games. He's been a first round pick on love. him. Find out for yeah. sure. And if he is the guy, great. And if he's not, okay. You only won six or seven games. A division that's getting better, at least with the Lions, it looks like. Uh, and the Vikings, even though we make fun of Kirk Cousins, they win. Uh, they win games, right? The Bears, who knows? Like. Now's a perfect time where all right, reset this thing a little bit, set yourself up so two years from now you're in a good spot. That's what I would be doing because with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback next year, I don't think they're a title contender with yeah, that way that roster no. is. This is this because yeah, they, they can make the playoffs next year, but they're not a title contender. This is us joking about like finding Carlop, but it's like to a way bigger extent. The Green Bay Packers had one successful, we drafted a quarterback while we still had a Hall of Fame quarterback, and then they tried to do it twice. Like that's how it works, Gold. You can just take a quarterback in the bottom of the first round and replace your future Hall of Fame quarterback super easy. No, you got lucky. You got lucky that the the first overall pick was Alex Smith and there were a bunch of other teams not looking at quarterbacks and had questions about both of them and decided to wait, 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 and Aaron Rodgers fell to you and you chose right. The odds of you choosing right at quarterback multiple times at the bottom of the first round, almost non-existent. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. I still think if I were them like the – the Lamar Jackson one is still the one to me. Like, if I'm making a trade for somebody, I'm trading for him. He's young. If I'm going to give a bunch of money to him, he's way under 30. He's shown more upper end potential than Derek Carr. Like, I would be way more inclined, even with the injury scare, I'd be way more inclined. If I'm making a move, a trade, if I'm the Jets, I'm in the Lamar Jackson camp. Not the Aaron Rodgers, but the Derek Carr one is probably option two for me. Like, I would choose that second, especially because I'm not trying to give up draft pick compensation considering how much that single-handedly improved my team last year. Right now, what's your, what's your, what's your official guess for where you mm. think those, how about those, just those three guys before we even toss in the others, dude, like Jimmy G and so many yeah. others, just those three guys, where do Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers play quarterback right now? My guess yeah. is Aaron Rodgers, Packers, Derek Carr, Jets. I guess then I have to go Lamar Jackson Ravens, but. I don't feel like that's so I, long. So I actually go Lamar Jackson, Atlanta Falcons. Um, okay. I'll, I'll go Lamar with the Falcons. The more and more this drags on, I'm, I'm more and more convinced, I think gonna move more convinced that he's going to get traded, um, that the relationship is is not one that can be repaired. Um, Derek Carr, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, dude, this, you want to talk about that? He's actually the most unpredictable of the entire bunch. As much as the Lamar situation is weird. Aaron Rodgers just wakes up one morning and suddenly he wants to go to a darkness retreat. And and now all of a sudden we're, I, I can't just ayahuasca I, I have, and you just don't I have, have any no, idea where he I wants to no go clue where that hey, guy not is. San Francisco. He said that at the golf. He did. he did. I have other than San Francisco. I have no idea where his mind is going to be tomorrow. So do you think he's with the Packers or to be I think determined that's still the favorite? I still think like the way too were, much money. I feel like still the favorite with the Packers. But honestly, that, that's the one I, I, I don't have an ability to really figure out. I think it's easier to, to pinpoint Derek Carr to the Jets or Lamar to the Jets, Lamar to the Falcons. I think the Falcons are interesting to watch. I think there would be an interesting team to watch for Lamar. I hadn't even thought about them, I guess, from that perspective. But if I'm a team that doesn't have an answer at quarterback, Lamar makes sense. He won an MVP a couple of years ago. You know the athleticism. You know the skill set. You take your chances. You might bomb. There's a chance, right? It might. It might I mean, I don't think it's going to go as poorly as like the Russell Wilson trade win in year one because he's a much younger quarterback with a better chance to succeed. But still, I, I think that there's there's all the reason in the world to think that. Nick, do you think all those guys are in the – do you think – where do you think the three of them go? I'm just curious. Carr, Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. Where do you think all play quarterback this season? Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, 
I think he stays in Green Bay. Lamar Jackson, New York Jets, Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints. That's not a bad guess. The Saints isn't a bad guess. The thing either. with the Saints is he weird. He wasn't against like, playing for the Saints. He's just against them giving up a bunch of draft pick compensation, taking a pay cut to the play Saints for the Saints. The Saints are just such a mess cap wise. And Michael Thomas, they're going to have to, like, that, that whole, that, he's got a $45 million cap hit. I'm not even kidding. I'm sorry? Michael Thomas. What does he need to cut? Uh, Michael Thomas, spot track. Let's get it up. It, it's an insane dollar amount because of how they push things down. It's next year, sorry, not this year. Next year, $59 million cap hit. Well, I don't think he's going to get that. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think wanna... so either, Cody. I, I don't think so. Don't $59 wanna... million. They just kept pushing. We joke about the cap outrunning it. They truly just pushed it down the road, down the road, down the road. Dude, Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas, even Michael Thomas knew he wasn't getting that $59 My, million. Michael Thomas just stinks now. It's a shame because thinks. he was incredible the first four years of his career. But he stinks now. He's done. They can save $13 million by cutting him this year. Yeah, that's probably what they're going to do. You think? <laughs> Not they don't want to eat that fifty nine. They don't want to pay him twenty six million dollars this year. Wouldn't make any sense from that perspective. All right, let's get to the trash. Trash of the day. A little bit later on today, I'll have an update for those of you wanting uh, to, to bet on sports in Missouri. There's a couple updates. I would like to bet on sports in, in Missouri. Jefferson City, you live in, in Missouri, Cody, so I know you want to. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of our listeners do as well. Uh, a lot going on in Jefferson City today on the sports wagering front. We'll get an update during what's trending for you. When's the last um, time you were in Jeff City? Ever? Never. You ever been? Nope. Never been to Jeff City. Don't respect both state capitals, huh? Well, I only went to Topeka the final night when it was going to pass. So, and there's no, the way things are trending today, let me tell you, <laughs> it's not happening anytime soon the way things are happening today. Bleep is hitting the fan in the state capital, Missouri, currently. We got filibusters going on. It's a, it's, it's a mess right now. So anyway, we'll get to that uh, during what's trending. But it's trash of the day. And uh, I want to ask you, since you're going to the Masters, if this is something you've ever considered. We know when you go to the Masters, you're going to go to the practice round, but you'll get your pimento cheese sandwich and all that. Sure. Those are what, Nick? $2? 3 bucks, something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. There is Give a taste of the Masters hosting kit you can buy for 175 bucks. It serves... Oh, 175 bucks? Serves 12 to 14 guests. I look, and if you look at the photo, you can get a little nice canister of some the barbecue beans, the pimento cheese, the chips, all the same stuff you could get from the concession stands at a much higher price if you want to host your own master's party. Would you ever do this? You're a big golf guy, Nick. I, I think this is a great idea by the master's. Great idea. People want that pimento cheese and stuff. But do people host masters watch parties? No. Is that a thing that exists? I've never seen a single masters watch party amongst a group of friends. I'm a big golf fan. I've never been to one either. I have a lot of friends who are golf fans. Never been to a masters party. Never heard of a masters party. The same demographic that went to go see 80 for Brady. If they're golf fans, I could see them buying this Masters kit. That, to me, is who this fits. I'm looking forward to getting, like, a $2 pimento sandwich. Yeah, $2. I mean, I think it's smart. I bet you they sell a ton of these Masters hosting kits for $175. It's 12 to 14 people. I like that they make everything in the Masters super cheap from, like, a, you know, yeah. food and beer. Like, beers are, like, 3 bucks yes. and all that stuff. Like, they make that all really affordable and fair. And then they're like, look, if you were trying to buy this stuff outside of this, then you're going to have to pay $175. That's the novelty aspect of it. That's all it is. People like the logo, so I imagine you could sell what it. What if you're a golf course? What if you're a golf course? And host a watch party for your friends? In the yeah, clubhouse. Makes sense. I mean, but the problem is, like, this feels more like an at-home thing. In the golf course, you would put in, like, a nicer dish, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just have, like... Well, a mix. You know, You still like, have your items people can buy. Yeah, I mean... 
for a golf course perspective, you might be able to buy some of these and resell them for the people at the party. But I feel I don't like know if you can do that. If someone, the, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. No, I'm not saying. Legally, <laughs> but, but I feel like this this feels like an at home spread. Someone By the way, Nick and Jake's, Someone says Nick and Jake's has a Masters party every year. Well, go there. Get some of the. Are they so going to get some of these? Just because we aren't having them in our home, I don't think that means Masters watch parties. No, I'm not exist. saying they don't exist anywhere. I'm just saying I've. You know, like Nick, you're right. I like I, plenty of friends who are golf fans, or I'm a golf. Like I don't remember ever being invited to someone's house to watch that. Like I, I've been to someone's house to watch the Kentucky Derby or the Super Bowl, or you know, like. But some sporting events don't seem like the things that people invite people over to their house to watch. I feel like the Masters is one of those. That is the trash of the day. Coming up next, though, our dream list of the three free agents the Chiefs need to keep in Kansas City. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, it is the Chiefs Red Half Hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. Reminder, we'll talk some Royals baseball in the 1 o'clock hour today. Kyle Isbell, who has an opportunity to get a stranglehold on the center field job for this season, unfortunately, with Drew Waters going down. Uh, with an injury, but we'll talk to Kyle Isbell about the vegetables too. If you caught that during Nick's notable notes, we'll, we'll talk about some vegetables uh, with all Kyle. vegetables, all vegetables in particular. That that's the very first question we're going to get to before we get to baseball with Kyle Isbell in the one o'clock hour today, who uh, of course out in surprise, Arizona and tomorrow Royals baseball right here on six ten sports radio for the cactus league open, right? When we get off the air, at two back. I think it's like a two Oh five first pitch or something right here. Soon we'll hand things off to the Royals radio network, but let's talk some chiefs football and I think we all have a couple names in mind if we were to say, hey, there's a list of 20-some-odd free agents, and there's two or three where you feel like they have to bring back, or they're kind of your, your dream scenarios. And you guys told me I can't pick Orlando Brown Jr. because Not if it's for one year, you can't. He, we're he, talking even, about even contracts. Though, even though he is a free agent, and we all know he's going to get tagged, and so he can come back on a one-year deal if that's the path they choose. Um, so let's take him out of the conversation because I think he obviously would fit the billing on that. So then I go to the defensive line, and I think it's either of these two guys. I think one's going to be more expensive, but I think they need depth on the defensive line. So Colin Saunders or Derek Nottie, I do think one of those guys needs to be back with this team next year. Colin Saunders is my preference. I just wonder if he's earned some more money elsewhere. Again, we, we talk about how great guys played, and there's some limitation. You can't pay everybody. And so if there's a better opportunity for Colin Saunders to get paid elsewhere, I don't know if the Chiefs will be willing to match that number. But I want one of the two back. I think the depth in the interior defensive line, we saw how beneficial that was this year. They rotated a lot of different guys. Joe Colin did as a defensive line coach. So Saunders or Nadi, then Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, throughout the season, we've talked about Juju. I, I really would like him back in Kansas City. I think he fit this offense perfectly. The dollar amount. If it's really what a lot of the uh, salary cap experts are saying, and it's only going to be 14 or 15, then there, to me, there's no reason this shouldn't get done. If it's going to be the number that you and I think it'll be closer to 20, then it gets more complicated. But I, he would be one of those guys I'd be very interested in having back. And then the third, Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon was healthy this year. Last year, he didn't sign until very late in the process. It was a one-year deal. 
Can you bring him back on another one-year deal? Yes, he's going to be the age-wise. It concerns me, but on a one-year deal, there's not any risk there. That's why I'm okay with it. I'm not convinced that he's going to have another full 17-game season and be as impactful as he was this year. But on a one-year deal, if it's going to be less than $3 million, I'm very interested, especially now that it looks clearer and clearer than ever before that they probably would end up trading Clyde and getting a fifth or a sixth-round pick. I understand that he's missed um, games in his NFL career, right? He missed a few in 2019. He missed one this year uh, for Kansas City and then a little bit of time because of the concussion at a couple of other spots. So, yeah, he hasn't been like a full season guy all the time, but I just, I don't know. It's probably the hubris from Tyree Kilgon. That's committed to Juju. Like, I thought about it. Like, I was really trying to very carefully think about the three guys that I thought were the ones I definitively wanted back. And I was thinking value, right? I, I was certainly thinking that, but I was also thinking value versus what you get out of it. That's why instead of Orlando Brown Jr., my answer was Andrew Wiley. I don't want to have to solve left and right tackle. Yeah. I think Andrew Wiley. Based on his age, how long he's been in the NFL. Like, you talk about Juju Smith-Schuster's had no free agent market. Andrew Wiley's had several chances to leave Kansas City. He's coming up on year seven in the NFL. What's he going to cost? Seven, eight million dollars a year for your right tackle? You really honestly can't do much better than that from a price perspective. So Andrew Wiley would be on my list. Jarek McKinnon is one year, three million dollars. He fits the offense perfectly. That's the argument of Juju. Makes total sense to me. And then I think that I don't think it's safe or smart to make this list and not include one of the free agent defensive linemen. You understand that some of these guys are going to be back and some of the guys we can't include on this list necessarily, right? Like Frank Clark, because we're talking about the free agents that are leaving Kansas City. But because we don't have full clarity on Chris Jones yet, we don't have full clarity on what we don't have any clarity on what might happen with Frank Clark. We don't know. And we know some of these guys that are free agents like Dunlap and Colin Saunders and Turk Warden, even though he's a restricted one. I just think that I'd bring back Dunlap. I'd want to secure some pass rush. Karloftis, Dunlap, I'm pretty sure Chris Jones is going to be back. Okay. Then at least I have some pass rush. And I'll start looking for those interior defensive linemen. The one thing I like about interior defensive linemen is they are almost depth guys. They're always available in the third and the fourth round, man. That's where Colin Saunders was. That's where Michael Dana was. That's where Turk Wharton, you know, like it doesn't really matter. Those guys that play some on the inside – they're always available in the draft. And the Chiefs have their first, second, third, or two-thirds, or two-fourths, right? They've got so many picks this year right in that kind of sweet spot. Between that and the veterans that are always available to be rotational guys there, yeah, but I, I don't feel like I'm of... protecting the outside. Dunlap, for me, just feels like the safer bet. Yeah, my only thing with, like, you can draft some interior guys, but I also want a few guys that... that, that... Can do the job. Yeah, well, I, Colin I, Saunders I, took two years, three years yeah, to develop. Yeah, so that's you can draft some of those, but I would like to at least have Saunders or Naughty back who have been in this system before and who have been uh, effective. The Dunlap one, I'm not against it. I just wonder, Cody, if if it's at the top three because we may not know what he wants to do until June or July again. You know, he, he waited very yeah. late in the offseason to sign with Kansas City. We all know how things went with Melvin Ingram a couple of years ago where he waited very long. Carlos Dunlap's, what, 33 years old. He just got a benchmark, 100 sacks, big milestone in his career. Uh, he just got a Super Bowl ring as well. He It seems like if I'm him, you know, maybe you're contemplating playing or not, and even if you really do know you're going to play, but, like, you're not – like, why, why deal with a lot of the offseason stuff? I, I think he could drag this thing out a while to decide his future – and so I don't think they'll be able to make their plan solely around him. You know, we had the conversations a year or so ago, like, oh, Melvin Ingram, they think they, they st- you know, came for a visit and they're waiting him out. They're waiting him out. And then ended up picking the Miami Dolphins instead. 
I don't think they're going to wait around for Carlos Dunlap. If he happens to be available in June or July still and he wants to come back, I think maybe they're interested at that point. Like, it's it's hard because, and again, if Juju Smith-Schuster, if I thought his number was going to be differently, maybe he'd be on my list. I, I feel like I must, you and I must just be wrong. You and I are wrong, and the rest of the NFL is right, and they got a better sense of what his market's going to look like. Juju Smith-Schuster amongst the upcoming free agents led them all wide receivers, all the available free agent wide receivers. He had the most catches. The most yards. Like, gold, isn't that mad? Like him and Alan Lazard. Those are the two top free agent wide receivers. He had 18 more catches than Alan Lazard, and he had 200 more yards than Alan Lazard. And he missed a game and a half, two games this year. And Alan Lazard, people are talking about, like, boy, I mean, he's, you know, like, he's out here talking about it, right? He's out here saying things like, well, you know, let's be smart. Let's be, you know, like, I'm looking forward to this process, and I want to see what's out there because he knows there will be people vying for him. You know, like I was looking at MVS, who had never had a 700-yard season, right, to his name. Um, he was a, you know, just a guy by NFL standards. He got three years and $30 million. I don't think That's the price bizarre. difference like, between him and Juju Smith-Schuster is only $5 million a year. Uh, maybe, again, Christian Kirk had never had the kind of season. And the biggest is, season he'd had was 690 um, yards before he got here in Kansas City. And if it is, Cody, if it's only five, one, that's good news for the Chiefs, by the way, selfishly, if you're looking at for him coming back. I mean, if that's the price, then great. Um, sure. It also tells you that teams across the league have to be concerned with some of the past health stuff. You know, that maybe they're really concerned or they're about the flashier the, wide receiver the, and they're not worried about the possession. Are, are guy. they concerned about the knee? Are they concerned that he had another concussion this year? It's not his first. It's not his second. I don't believe it's his third uh, well, concussion. And so, you know, is, is all that contributing to that? But, but I, I, I go back to the Jarvis Landry comparison, which is a really fair one. He got $15 million a year five years ago, gold five. Everybody knew then Jarvis Landry was a possession receiver. That was not a secret. He was thought of the exact same way. The only difference between those two is Jarvis Landry had missed no time. Jarvis Landry did not miss a single snap And it does ever. matter, yeah. Um, but from like a yardage output perspective, not a huge difference. And, and Landry, you know, you know, you know I'm a big fan of Juju Smith-Schuster, but if you dive deep in the Landry numbers, I mean, Jarvis Landry had three 1,000-yard seasons. Before he was a free agent? No, he only had two. He had well. Tw- he had twenty four. He had two. Yeah, he had two before his first deal, and then he still had another thousand yard yeah. season at age twenty seven. But God, but in that final year of his deal, it took him. He didn't even get to a thousand yards on hundred and twelve catches. So like the possession receiver stuff should not matter. If if Juju Smith should have hundred and twelve catches, have sure sure as hell have a lot more <laughs> than nine hundred and eighty seven yards yep. for the Chiefs this year. He had forty less catches in that this year for a similar amount of yardage. So like to me, it's like he got fifteen million five years ago, and you're telling me that there's not a team out there. There's no team in the NFL willing to give Juju Smith-Schuster $20 million a year. Some gave Christian Kirk $20 million a year. He had never even surpassed a 1,000-yard season. It's just like the numbers took a jump. Devontae Adams screwed it all up. Uh, Deshaun Watson screwed up quarterback free agent contracts because now Lamar Jackson wants a pretty much fully guaranteed contract, and Deshaun Watson screwed that up for him. And, you know, like Devontae Adams screwed up the wide receiver pay. It's out of whack. That's why I wouldn't pay $20 million for Juju Smith-Schuster. But hey, look, if you're right. If the number's 15, if the rest of the NFL's right and the number's 15, then sure, I'm uh, sure, bring them back. I mean, that can't do any be better great, than that price. A, a great number. Nick, you agreed with Andrew Wiley at least earlier, right? Like, you think that that's the guy? Like, to me, that's the, that's the first on my list of three. Just give me Andrew Wiley. Make sure we're up there for a three-year deal. I can kick right tackle down yeah, the road for a I few years. I think it's more important Done. to have – a solid one through five than to have a superstar at any position on the offensive line. So Andrew Wiley, who was much maligned this year, 
performed when it mattered most, you can get him at a fraction of the cost for a two- or three-year deal than what you would pay Orlando Brown Jr. to be your left tackle for the next two to three years. So shore up right tackle. You'll find a solution down the road at left tackle. It doesn't need to be a franchise pillar. Just because you have an expensive quarterback doesn't mean you need an expensive left tackle. No, but I also think, and I'm not advocating for giving a long-term deal to Orlando Brown Jr., but I also think you can't uh, just go with a revolving door at left tackle. You still, you maybe you don't phrase it as a franchise guy, but it has to be someone that you feel confident, much like Orlando Brown has done, to be a guy for two, three plus seasons. Like you're not you're Brandon not just, Albert. You're not just you're not just <laughs> going to go and and find a spot starter at left tackle for one year and say we'll figure it out later. I, I don't feel confident in doing that whatsoever. We can talk about the value of positions. It is still a top four, top five most valuable position in football. Left tackle is, and so. I, I still think that is something that has to be addressed for a long-term solution. But yes, if you want to sure up right tackle, tag Brown, have him play on a tag again this year while you look ahead to your options in 2024 in the draft, or at that point you think free agent market is better, there's a better option. Because I don't think the Chiefs are totally against paying a left tackle. Top, no, they tried top, to pay him, just similar yeah, to the Tyreek conversation. We're not going to pay you as the highest paid left tackle because – you're not a top three, top three left tackle in football. And so that, I think, is the difference between the two. And, yeah, right tackles, of course, are way cheaper than left tackles. So, I mean, the, the dollar amount is just not even the same. Yeah, and the, the level of player and where they've been I mean, at they've this been stage. getting a steal for Wiley based on – I know there's been times he's people paid, have been frustrated. He's made six and a half million dollars in six years. I think you did pretty good there. Very good. Very, very good. <laughs> not just not just pretty good. That's one of the best deals in the NFL. It's weird if rate. you look at their, their in 2019 or whatever, slash 2020, when they when they won the Super Bowl, that offensive line, like, wasn't it Mike Rimmers? Mm-hmm. Like they so it's weird. the two years they won a Super Bowl at right tackle, they've been able to have I don't want to call them journeymen necessarily, but certainly spot starters or whatever in the league. At right tackle, you can do that. I don't think But at left tackle they've consistently had like the eighth best guy. And exactly. And that's and that's fine. But you don't want to pay the eighth best guy to be the number one guy or to, to, to pay him like he's the number one they guy. They did that once with Eric Fisher. They drafted him number yep. one overall in a draft that, God, even if you went back, you might still end up taking Eric Fisher. And they paid him once and they gave up a first round pick and they might feel sunk costs and all that stuff with Orlando Brand Jr. I still think they'll offer him a contract. I just don't feel like the numbers are getting close enough. The other part about this and other parts of the field we're going to look at because we looked at the offense a lot. Defensively, Arrowhead Pride had pointed out something that I actually don't think that they're way off on. I'm curious to see how close you think they are. The article up from our good friends over at Arrowhead Pride, this one by uh, Carter Price, was about whether or not the Chiefs could be an elite secondary. And my initial thought was like, okay, I don't know if we need to do this. But then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? They're not that far off. Like, Nick, you were talking about the offensive line and how to have really good players across the board. They're missing the superstar portion of it. But right now in the secondary under contract, they have four guys who have made starts for them. Like they're already pretty strong there. They have a safety who is one of the top paid safeties in the free agency market who had a really good year for you. They have a younger safety and Brian cook who looks like he's got some value. The argument they're making here is that if you paid one more great safety, you would have an elite secondary. And I honestly, I don't think it's that crazy. I think if you look at what their corners are and where they are, that if they wanted to commit a high draft pick or they wanted to commit money, which I don't think that they will, to a safety, you could make an argument for them going from a very good secondary to borderline elite, but it requires some of those young players to take the step forward, right? 
it can't just happen based on their performance last year, Gold. You would also need, you know, the any of the young guys, you know, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Trent McDuffie to take the step forward. The fact that they have four guys who have made yeah. starts for them this year in the secondary, what are they, a safety away from looking kind of elite? Yeah, and it's weird, I guess, in today's league, how many shutdown corners do you have? Only shutdown. You got yeah. four guys who can That's start what I'm for saying. you. I mean, how many teams have a shutdown corner anyway? Two? And so, it's you know, if we're in, in today's day, like elite secondary means a lot different than what it did 10 years ago. Yeah, right? I don't you think they're going to give 110 yards passing you know, per game. It's just the league has shifted. Um, there's also just not, you know, guys like Sauce Gardner are very few and far between of that kind of skill set. They're probably picked um, in the, well, I don't know, the top five. Exactly, exactly. And I think Trent McDuffie made great strides, but – it's just if you, you you have to have the depth, you have to have the depth. Across, they have it. And it looks like they have. Now, I don't think it's an automatic guarantee that Justin Williams or excuse me, Jalen Watson and, and Joshua Williams uh, just continue to make huge strides. I mean, there still might be a cap to these guys that have but, clearly performed at a much higher level than anybody thought they would. And that's fine. They can continue to develop and maybe they will end up being you know stars in this league. But there probably are still limitations to what they ultimately can be. But if you have everybody that's healthy and you have the depth there. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, Justin Reed, I think they're very happy with what they got from him this year as an organization. Juan Thornhill's a free agent. I think that'll be an interesting decision. My thought is at least Cody, that he's going to get more money elsewhere. Uh, do they want to have Justin Reed on a veteran deal and then also have Juan Thornhill on, a, Thornhill on a veteran deal, or are they willing to bring in someone that's not going to cost quite as much or draft another, you know, or, or draft somebody else. Cause Brian cook just could be elevated. And all of a sudden, it's Brian Cook with Justin Reed in that second. But I, look, I like Cook and Reed and one more. Because to me, some of this is figuring out where, what is the easiest path to having what is the staple of your defense? Okay, we know how expensive the defensive line is. We just talked about all the rotation they're going to have out of there, all the guys who could be gone, and the fact that you already spent all that money on Chris Jones. The easiest path, so like we know who they are on offense. They run through Mahomes. That's where they're going to spend the majority of their money. We understand that. Uh, him and Kelsey... That's their offense. We know what they are elite at. They only have a chance to be elite at one thing on the defense next year. It's the secondary. And it's a very low investment to get there. Hold on, though. Let me ask you. So uh, why, why do you say that they only have a chance to be elite? I think they're losing too many there? defensive because linemen. And, and I think that I sacks told- are an inconsistent number over the last five years. They've only right. been top five that one time. And they're losing you know, some of those players this year. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong that the secondary can't be that. But I, I would push back on the notion that the, the defensive line and the pass rush cannot still be one of the better units in, in football. I mean, they were number two this year in sacks. Chris Jones, we think, is back. Carl Loftus ended up with six. Yeah, I don't uh, think he's I just going to get 15 and I, a half, though, again. I don't, I don't think Carl Loftus is going to get 12 sacks, but I also think he's going to get more than six. Sure. And Chris Jones, to me, will still be in that 12 to 15 range in sacks next year. He's back with his team. Frank Clark got you. We don't know if he's back or not, but he got you five. Carlos Dunlap, like, it's not as if they had all they, – they, they weren't the Eagles. They didn't have four guys with double-digit sacks and, to get to number two. It doesn't take that. It takes depth pieces on the interior. It takes Nick Bolton randomly getting a sack. It takes Legere Sneed getting a couple of sacks. Sneed, we think, will be back uh, and, and able to do that. I, I, I'll push back on the notion that the, the pass rush is just going to fall off immensely. Now, no, they're gonna but have I, to keep. They're going to have to keep doing what they've been doing. Develop, they're going to have to draft another edge rusher in the draft, and they're going to have to go find this year's version of – Carlos Dunlap, if it's not him, and and they've been able to Melvin Ingram. They let's not act like they haven't been doing that. They for two years or three years. Oh, in they a row, keep looking. They've been able to make it work. Melvin Ingram was a great signing. Yeah. Carlos Dunlap was a great signing. Sure, but the year they were Melvin Ingram, they were like the twenty seventh ranked sack team in the NFL. It didn't exactly work. 
That didn't solve yeah, their problem defensively. Yeah, but this from is not, a defensive this, line not the same defense. So this is not the same defense whatsoever. They still had Anthony Hitchens playing linebacker. They had Dan Sorensen in the secondary. Sure, but like to me, I can help the pass rush by one simple thing: making my secondary the best, one of the two best in the NFL. I think it's way. Don't you think easier. that already happened to this? Don't you think way that already contributed to, to what they were? What, don't you think that's part of the equation of why they were so damn good this year? Sure, but like one safety away, and you could be like, "Hey, I think we have the most deep, most talented secondary in the NFL. And we're not paying anybody. Like we've spent fifteen million dollars." Right. On well, it. not having that and not paying—that's like, a different conversation. Like having a secondary and saying, "Hey, it's cost-effective—that's a great thing. It doesn't—that doesn't make them elite." I just think it's but way I, easier to get to elite there than it is defensive line, just in general. Well, but specifically sure. based on the pieces this team has. They already have four, I mean, you know, Joshua Williams, you can probably make I, an argument for, but maybe four starting caliber corners. Most teams don't have that luxury. Yeah, I think this and, defense is going to be better than it was this year, though, if they go out and, and do some of the moves that, that I think they're capable of doing in terms of going. It's, I know we're way out. Because the they were, what, still. 15th best this year? We all agree they were pretty much a league average defense. Willie Gay Jr., Nick Bolton. We saw Chanel have a role in the, in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. Uh, and, and step up in, in a big way. I think that role increases. We'll see what they do with Thornhill and Brian Cook. Carl uh, Loftus, I do think, is going to improve. I think Chris Jones is back. They're in, in mentioning the the edge rusher slash another veteran. Like I, I don't, I don't see any reason why this defensive line, if they if they approach this the right way, and I think they will, why this defensive line and this entire defensive unit can't be better than what they were this season. <sighs> better than I mean, they you're were the one second telling me the secondary is going to be elite, Cody. Right. I'm not, you're the one saying, how, 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 I'm not even, I'm surprised you're not even agreeing. You're telling me you think they can be an elite secondary, one of the best I think, in the league. I think that they can improve. How will they not be a better defense? Because, because the pass rush. But you just told me that's how, the, that's how they make the pass rush better. I think that'll, I think that'll help protect the pass rush from what I assume is a dip. Like, I don't think they're going to finish second in the NFL in sacks again. But they, they can be a better I don't think they have defense. that kind of talent they across can, the they, board. They can no, be I a understand. better defense and finish fifth in sacks and still be a better defense as a whole than they were this year. I just, a lot of this depends on what they do on the defensive line, yeah. probably, before I'm willing to say For they'll sure. even finish gotta, fifth in sacks. See what happens. Because if I take a five year average, they're like 20th in sacks. Like, I can just look at this year and be like, wow, in Chris Jones' career year, yeah, I'm not surprised. They were second in the NFL in sacks, but they're losing. To free agency, they might lose 13, 14 sacks on this team. Now, maybe not. Depends on what happens. What Frank Clark had, five. Colin Saunders had three or two. You know, like yeah. Dunlap had five or six. They might be losing 30% of their sack production. Like, I, I can't definitive because I understand still the defensive line is the way to make a, a defense elite faster than any other capabilities. I like their linebackers. I think their, sec- their linebackers are good. Pretty good. Very good, maybe, even if, you, if you're feeling pretty optimistic about Nick Bolton taking a step forward. The secondary, I think, has a chance, I mean, depending Nick on the move, I mean, to be elite. Nick and Bolton then, taking a step forward. I would argue he took the step forward this no, year. Know, He's just, already a top five at his position Yeah, now. but I don't think they were a top three linebacker. You know, just no, not as a unit. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Nick Bolton, we saw I mean, we saw the Nick Bolton step. I mean, I don't know how we I think we be. know what Nick Bolton's great at, and we know where his, like, few weaknesses even lie. But, I mean, you're not going to complain about the kind of play you've got at Nick Bolton this year. There's no doubt about that. Off-season stuff is fun, man, because it's uh, they got you know they, we're talking they, about they, trying they to have, win a second Super Bowl, man. Have, you got to uh, be picky. They have been able to set themselves up where they, they have flexibility. They got a lot of players they got to address uh, contract situations and, and and a lot of I mean other than you know Chris Jones is not a free agent. He has a year left on his deal. But if we go through the the list of names though that are unrestricted free agents, like they're you know they're they're role players. There's not a ton of like oh my other than really Juju. As far as a guy that ended up was the number two receiver for this team, number one receiver. Yeah, a bunch of the free agents are dudes. Yeah, no disrespect to them, but like they're you know guys like McKinnon and Tommy Townsend and 
Wow, and, he just tossed and, Tommy Townsend in there, Nick. Nadia and Colin Saunders, very important role players, but it's not like Chris Jones. Role and, players? Tommy Townsend's a starter. Don't toss him in with this. He's a punter. Come on. But um, as far as the star player, like Travis Kelsey's not a free agent. Okay? They're, they're, Chris other Jones Orla- isn't a free agent. Orlando Brown Jr. is the one exception, but we know they're going to tag him and they'll buy some time. You know, it's not it's 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 not like Nick Bolton's a free agent. It's not it's it's not there's there's not those type of guys. It's a, it's it's a bunch of numbers that aren't under contract, but they're not completely irreplaceable players. No, there's a lot of flexibility in the guys that they're losing right now. But we also understand that all the guys you just mentioned at some point will come up, which means some of these sure. guys you can start paying a year early, like not a year, but you know Creed Humphrey, right? You can like. Usually at the end of year three going into year four, if you're not a first-round guy, it's about the time they start talking contract with you. So, I mean, there are some payments that are going to come due at some point, including the secondary. This might be the only year that you can still borderline take it to that level and do it cheap. Like, you can do both because everyone's a rookie. No one's paid. They, they haven't even paid Legereus Sneed yet. Justin Reed's yeah. the most highest-paid defensive player in the secondary. He makes $10 million a year. Like, it's the best-case scenario right now if you're just looking at it from a free agent perspective. The difference, this is one of the few years. You know how much I hate talking about taking safeties in the first round. There's an actual argument for it to build an elite-level secondary of using a first or second, like one of your higher-valued picks on a position that I generally tell you to steer. Yeah, we never with. know when the next mock draft is going to come out. Whenever that sounder sounds, we'll find out. We leave that. In the Nick's future. in charge of that. Yes, yeah, well, it's only whenever whenever they come across his 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 timeline, really, right? And whenever there's a worthy mock draft, that's when we get them. There haven't been nearly that many. I mean, only thousands probably to this point. Well, it's still February. You know, we've still got months yeah. months until the NFL draft. The combine starts next week in Indianapolis. Oh, there'll be some more mocks Inter- right after that. Fresh Wait, combine mock. The oh. interview process starts on Tuesday. You have to figure out how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round in one of these mocks, Nick. It's going to be four. It's almost hand size season and and all that kind of the flexible knee season and all that. How far down in the first round will Richardson go? He won't make it past fifteen. I don't even. I think he'll probably out of Florida. They'll probably be like twelve. He's going to throw at the combine. He's going to throw the ball like ninety yards in the air, and they're just going to be like, "Yeah, that works." I think teams are going to convince themselves that he is Justin Fields or Josh Allen or Cam Newton, and he is going to be treated as a franchise quarterback. That will happen. That is the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Up next, we'll get to what's trending and one thing that now looks a lot more obvious in the college football and college sports landscape. We'll tell you what that is next.